Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Lacey Boggs. She is the director over at the Content Direction Agency, and in this conversation with her, we talk about her direction towards creating this business while being family-oriented and only putting in 20 hours a week. We walk through the path of her getting started as well as where the struggle was real to maintain that ever-elusive work-life balance, and even touch on what some of the things are that she's doing right now to continue to make that happen. So if you're in that position of having started something and wanting to maintain that balance, or if you're considering it, this is a great conversation to listen in on. So I'll get out of the way and say, enjoy this conversation with Lacey Boggs. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show Lacey Boggs. Lacey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I I was particularly interested uh, in your story. I'd love for you to describe what it is that you do. What is your what is your business? And then we can start from there. Sure. So I run the Content Direction Agency. We're a small uh, content marketing agency. So what we do is help small businesses get a 30,000 foot view plan of how their content and content marketing is going to actually serve their business. And then we have a team of writers and other professionals who can help them actually make that plan happen. So our big soapbox is that if you're blogging or putting out a podcast or a video series or whatever it might be, TikTok, I don't care. uh, It should all be leading back to supporting your business, whether that's getting more leads, getting more sales, growing your audience for your thought leadership, whatever it might be. And how long have you been doing this? I am coming on year nine in this business. Wow. And (laughs) so, so the curious thing for me, uh, and a lot of people out there is, is they have, you know, ambitions and goals of either they've wanted to for a long time or, or they just recently said, you know what? I think I need to pivot. Uh, they want to start something. And Mm -hmm. even if it's not the same thing you're doing, they could use encouragement and to hear that it's something possible to do, especially somewhat along the lines of how you did it, which this is the unique part. You basically have built and or maintained continual, slow, intentional growth, working only about 20 hours a week. That's totally correct. Yes. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I mean, I am curious, again, on, the, on behalf of the listener, I am curious. So why the limit of 20 hours? What were your, you know, large intentional goals of that slow growth? 
well, let me take it back half a notch. I, I was working at a magazine before I started this business. I was the food editor and associate editor for a local magazine here in Colorado. And let me tell you, getting paid to eat, that's great work if you can get it. But uh, it was also because we were such a small operation, I was working 60 plus hours a week um, when we had to go to deadline to get the magazine to the publisher, the printer. Uh, we were there until three, four in the morning sometimes. And then I got pregnant and I thought, I don't think I can do this with an infant. And at least here in Colorado at the time, uh, infant care was ridiculously expensive. We did the math and more than half of my salary as a full-time magazine editor would go to not seeing my kid, basically. So my husband and I made the choice that I would leave my full-time job and uh, stay home with our daughter and try to be a freelance writer. So I did that for about a year. And uh, I also started a food blog at the time because I was a food writer. And I lovingly refer to that as my four-figure year because I think I made about $5,000 total. And that included the two columns monthly that I was still writing for the magazine. So at the end of that year, my husband said, Hey, look, I love that you're staying home with our daughter. I love that you're trying to make this writing thing work. And I need you to make a little more money. <laughs> so I pivoted and I said, I think I can make this blogging thing happen for other small businesses. And that was when things really took off for me. But to your point, the whole point of me doing this was to stay home and be a full-time mom. So that had to take priority. And as she got a little older, I did get some help in, you know, I got a nanny for a little while or she, she's an only child. So so we did eventually start sending her to daycare for the social aspect, but I was still a full-time mom and now she just turned nine and she goes to school full-time, but I still want to be the mom that's, you know, volunteers in the library or shows up with cupcakes for the party or whatever. So that's really my main goal is to balance having this business and doing work that I enjoy supporting my family, but also being a full-time mom. So obviously you've just traced kind of a timeline there from, you know, before it started as it started <laughs> on up to current day. And I'm sure it's taken a lot of different forms and mm. flexibility and different lessons you've learned along the way. And I kind of want to cue into some of that. But obviously, it makes sense to start at the beginning and say, how did you <laughs> maybe intentionally get started doing that 20 hours a week and balancing a newborn? Slash or, or or did you start the 20 hour a week thing after she had reached maybe a certain age? Yeah, I don't think I was even working a full 20 hours when she was that first year. Yeah. Um, you know, I was still trying to figure everything out. But once she was about a year old and I went into I called it ghost blogging at the time <laughs> <laughs> when I went into ghost blogging and writing for other small businesses, I did have to get more intentional because. Uh, I was marketing myself. I was, you know, doing all the things you have to do when you start a business. And so at the beginning, a lot of it was during nap times. It was uh, when my husband got home from work. It was on weekends or evenings. And that was just what I chose to do. And so I had to be very, what's the word? I guess intentional to borrow your word about the activities I was spending my time on, right? I couldn't just faff around <laughs> and hope something worked. I had to get very intentional about the activities I was doing to draw in clients or to do client work or whatever it might be to make sure that they were, I was getting the most bang for my buck, if mm -hmm. you will. That It sounds like, it, you know, you, you kind of basically, I mean, you already 
out of your quote 40 hour work week had said no only 20 because that other 20 is already taken it's already mm-hmm. taken for your husband your daughter yourself i might add we don't want to yeah. forget that and so you already had limited that and then he said okay of this other 20 i have to make sure that in that 20 when it comes to clients they get what they're paying me for The flip side of that was I had to learn very quickly that a dollars for hours model Mm. uh, wasn't going to support me the way I wanted. Right. So um, when I started out, I had no idea how to charge for what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of trial and error there. um, But it became clear very quickly that there was a very real cap on how much I could earn if I was doing dollars for hours. You know, if I was working 20 hours a week, probably only 10 to 12 were billable. And maybe that was even (laughs) a little uh, generous, you know, and so if I had new income goals, I had to figure out different ways to meet them. And that's actually how we I started growing my team. At some point, I hit the cap of how many blog posts I could write in a week, but I was still getting interest. So I called a friend and said, Hey, are you interested in subcontracting for me? And that's how that all got started. But I had to think about it differently, right? When you only have a certain number of hours, if you want to grow that revenue or grow your overall business, you have to think about it a little differently. Yeah. You've got to essentially figure out at what point are you now overtaxed or Mm -hmm. uh, again, we can easily go and point to that 20 hour mark and say, well, that's your cap. You've got 20 hours. And if that's all you have. You either need to do more in that same amount of time, or you've got to earn more per hour, or you've got to figure out something completely other, which is what you which what you did basically. Right, right. And I think that's part of what we do for clients now is you know there gets a point where uh, a, a CEO of a small business or a solopreneur they are spending so much of their time delivering uh, the product that they their time for marketing shrinks dramatically, right? And so I often have people come to me and say, you know, it takes me four, five, eight hours to write a blog post. And I think, what could I do with that time, right? And so it becomes a very smart decision for them to outsource that because then they have those eight hours back that they can do something else with. So it was kind of a similar uh, situation for me, you know, it's like, can I bring somebody on to help me do the delivery so that we can continue to scale? And I, I tried other things as well in terms of like courses and group, group programs and things like that. At what point had you already decided, okay, I am going to make a go of it with my business at 20 hours a week? Did it, did that already include having subcontractors or was that uh, an after that had started? was completely an afterthought. Like <laughs> I am the least um, business minded business, owner, <laughs> especially at the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing. So I was really just uh, feeling things out. And I will say, I feel like I got very lucky in certain aspects where I landed on a good plan <laughs> without having to do a lot of like, oh, here's my five year plan. It just sort of happened. Um, and I, I would run into these blocks like, oh, yeah, I have a ceiling on how much I can earn at this. So how do I fix that? But other than sort of running into those roadblocks and having to uh, build a path around them, uh, there was no there was no grand plan. You know, I, I, I actually had a call with a coach very early in my business and he was pre-qualifying me, I think, to, to sell me. But he was asking, you know, how 
how dedicated are you? How many hours a week are you going to do this? And I said, Oh no, I'm only planning to do this about 20 hours a week. And he flat out told me I couldn't do it. And I think that also spurred me towards, I'll show you, you know? (laughs) Well, coming out of that meeting, I mean, if you could right now, you know, eight, nine years later, after coming out of that meeting, that person struggled. You've gone through it already. What kind of tips or tricks or, hey, heads up, here's how you can make a real plan that's going to work. What would you say to your past self at that point? Yeah, I think the biggest is not to compare your journey to anybody else's. Um, because I fell into that trap several times feeling bad about where I was. And yet, right? So now looking back, I have been on the back end of many different launches, many different businesses, just by virtue of the work I do. And some people who look like they have incredible success or incredible revenue on the front end are spending so much time or so much money or both (laughs) just to keep the wheels turning, right? I had a much more leisurely climb, but... I also, as you said, had time for myself, had time for my child. I was building freedom into it as I went. And that was a much more sustainable process for me. So looking back now, I would, that would probably be the first thing I would tell myself is don't compare your raw footage to somebody else's highlight reel because <laughs> they just don't match up. But small incremental steps, you know, making, um, making goals one year at a time, or even sometimes six months at a time was how I got through those early years and figuring things out. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm sure that there's still, even with that, you know, again, 20 hour work week margin that you had put in place, been some places where even though, again, the aim was to have a work life balance where there's been friction. Oh, uh, yeah. What are some of the lessons that you've had? Any, any key moments where it's just been like, okay, where you've got to make a huge change? Yeah. I think there was a point when uh, my daughter was a toddler. And, you know, they uh, they go through these periods where they just regress and they don't sleep or they become, you know, less predictable about different things. And I realized I was staying up late. I was spending my whole weekends working like I wasn't getting family time ever when my husband was around. And it became very clear that I needed some help. I could no longer sustain what I had done when she was younger and slightly more predictable and so on. And so that was when we started taking on like, okay, do we bring in a nanny for a little while? Do we send her to daycare for a few hours a week to carve out really, I want to use the word sacred, sacred time for me to, to focus because sometimes you can work when there's a kid playing on the floor next to you. Sometimes you can't, you know, it got harder to do client calls when there was a toddler running around, it got harder to do anything like this, like a podcast interview without being interrupted. So we did have to sort of change how it looked. And then there was another really big shift when she went to full-time school. And I remember having a mentor tell me, you know, I was saying like, I'm going to have seven hours in a row. And I like, I don't even know what to do with myself. And she was like, be very intentional about how you're going to spend that time. Otherwise, it will get spent for you. And and that was really good advice at the time, because suddenly having seven, seven hours in a row while Devin was at school felt like this incredible luxury. But it's like um, income creep, right? As you as your income goes up, you you don't notice, but your expenses go up with it. The same is true of time. When you have more time, it's like, oh, now I can just fill it. <laughs> so I did have to be more intentional about how I was filling it. Well, and th- isn't that kind of the the strangest thing is that having that constraint makes you work to maintain that uh margin but once you know you've suddenly got this overabundance of time it's like where does all the time go you've got all the time in the world but you're getting nothing done yes yes 100% i i often liken it to um if you think about poetry you have to be incredibly creative to write poetry but if you're writing for example a sonnet or something with a very strict su- structure as opposed to just free verse does that make you less creative no i feel like it makes you actually maybe even more creative because you have to fit it within the structure and it's the same with the time right when you only have an hour while the baby sleeps man you're going to get stuff done <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and and there's also something to be said for Something that you're trying to maintain a balance of is going to shift. I've talked about this with other people in the past where the, you know, the whole, I mean, I've had somebody literally call out and say, work life balance is false because Mm. it's just, you know, you're always going to be balancing towards one thing or the other. Some people are just better at balancing back and forth quick, more quickly. 
uh, you know, but yeah, and and that that's the thing is that it's never going to be like a perfect balance, but you get what you can. Well, and it's not static. I mean, if you think about balance in the physical world, yeah, I do yoga, you know, and if you're if you're doing a balance pose in yoga, when you stop moving, you fall over. <laughs> Right. (laughs) So it's never static. You're never just like, oh, here I am. I have reached balance. I've reached nirvana. (laughs) Now I'm done. It's never, that's never it. Like you say, you're always going back and forth. Yes. I I know that at one point there was a time where you were able to get like five days by yourself. And, you know, you, you, I mean, if I heard I was going to have five days by myself, I would be like, okay, uh, what are all the things that I want to get done that are productive? And then, Oh, what's this other list? I want to make another list. That's all the fun stuff I'm going to do. I'm going to watch. I'm going to go watch movies. I'm going to, you know, talk to, I'm going to hang out with friends. I'm going to, you know, this, that. And, uh, but the problem is, is that then almost none of it gets done, the productive or the fun stuff, because again, there's no time constraint and there's no expectation. Uh, and it, you know, the work life balance kind of gets thrown out the window. At least that's kind of somewhat what, you know, I read your experience was with that. Yeah, a hundred percent. This was several years ago now, but my, my husband and daughter went on a trip to visit his family and I was alone for five days, five glorious days. And that's exactly what it was. I found without the constraints of like, Oh, it's time to get Devin up. It's time to take her to school. It's time to pick her up from school. I, I had more time, but less focus. And so I was able to achieve less. And, um, I actually have experienced that again during you know, stay at home orders because Devin's home all the time. My husband's home all the time. And so our, our regular schedule got upended. Right. And so it's been very strange to feel, I feel this like general malaise. I just want to go sit on the patio or, you know, hang out with my family instead of, Oh, from eight thirty to three is when I work or whatever it is. So it, it's a strange mental Thing that when you have more time, it, it just your your work expands. <laughs> yes, and and for people who are you know like myself or yourself who are fortunate enough to be able to work, uh, there's also some of that. Uh, it's almost slightly guilty feeling mm-hmm. when you know mm-hmm. there's other people who who don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to say, I've been so I get like snarky at when I see memes about like all <laughs> the things you could accomplish while you're at home. I'm like, really? No, I'm not going to learn a new language or write the, my best selling novel right now. <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing is, I, I and you know, and again, I think it's it's kind of that uh, constraint or you know, mo- moving into a state of equilibrium, a new equilibrium. I hate the word new normal, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, because it, nothing's ever normal. Things change so quickly seasonally from, from point to point, but it, an equilibrium, again, it's kind of like a fluid, uh, you know, m- m- balance in motion, like you were kind mm-hmm. of referring to earlier of, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, things are this way now. So what does that mean? And, and being honest and open to, you know, ask the questions. So I guess I'm kind of curious, like you, you have, uh, your daughter home now, but again, you're grateful enough to be able to work. What are some of the things you've, you know, put in place to say, okay, you know, we can't just let everything fall apart. We have to maintain some sort of routine here. What have you, uh, come to learn uh because I, I was a friend of mine asked me today said how are you guys doing and i said you know what i think we've kind of hit a certain amount of a stride it's not perfect 
but I feel like we're handling it better now than we were a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I would say March, the second half of March is like dead time. I don't even know what happened. Like it's a blur to me. And <laughs> and I was really doing, I found myself, it was like minimum viable business, like do the things I absolutely had to do, turn in the client work, you know, whatever it was that absolutely had to get done. And the rest of it, it was like, I didn't have brain space for anything else because things were changing so quickly. We were getting so much news, et cetera. Now I do feel like we're getting a bit of an equilibrium. Um, so my husband's a scientist, so there's only so much he can do from home. Uh, he can't. I told him he could not bring the, the mice home. Uh, so he has taken over the distance learning part. So they do school in the morning and um, I do admin tasks usually for the business. And then uh, from about 11, 10, 11 on, I, I get the office back <laughs> and I have my calls scheduled and things like that. So we have kind of gotten into a flow um, and then, of course, school ends in about a week and a half. So <laughs> we're going to have a whole new flow uh, when we don't have that structure anymore. So, yeah, it's just about finding I, I'm still trying to work during, quote unquote, school hours. So that sort of nine to three was which is what I was doing before, because it feels like that works for me. And that's what I'm used to. So I'm trying to maintain that to some degree. So I know that we've been coming back to this 20 hour work week uh, rule or whatever you want to call it, just, you know, work ethic. And uh, how do you feel that has gone uh, recently? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, there are weeks when I work a lot less than 20 hours and there are weeks that I work a little more. It just depends on what's going on. For example, I'm doing a webinar this week. So we've had more technical stuff that needs to get done and I've been preparing my slides and so on. So um I've had calls on top of all that. So I may have worked a little more than 20 hours when I get to the end of this week. But uh, those dead weeks in March, woo, definitely wasn't hitting my 20 hours that, those weeks. So it has to be kind of fluid in terms of what's going on in life uh, and also what's going on in business. Um, you know, there are certainly times when I have more calls, more client work to deliver, whatever that looks like. And so I have to work a little more. Uh, but I do, I guard my time pretty, pretty closely because I found that I do my best work when I have plenty of white space around it, if that makes sense. I, I sort of need the freedom to not think about work in order to do better work. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm a little curious as what you mean by that. Is it like uh, creatively or, I mean, because again, too much of that space and then suddenly it's like, you're not doing anything. So how do you kind of maintain uh, a sense of, I don't know, accountability, I guess. Right. That's really hard when, especially when you're the boss, I've often said I could, I could hire a boss and that might be nice for me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> to kick my butt and make me do things. But yeah, I find that I burn out very easily. A lot of my work is creative. So whether I'm writing copy or content for a client or doing my own marketing, a lot of that is creative and it's brain work. And if I do too much of it or if I'm trying to do it for too long in a period, um, I burn out quickly. And then I'm 
not a product for myself or for my client, whatever it might be, as I would be otherwise. So finding ways to shut off at 3pm. And you know, it was nicer when I had that art, not artificial, but real deadline, you have to go pick up the kid, you have to stop and go pick up the child. Um, That helps me to just walk away. And then I don't get overly uh, taxed or burned out. Um, But you're right, you have to set be able to set yourself goals and, and outside um, accountability, maybe, if that's something you struggle with, so that you don't just do nothing. (laughs) Um, You know, a paycheck is an outside accountability that's very important. Um, And if I do nothing, that doesn't happen. Uh, But I also have had, you know, mastermind groups and things like that, where I can say to them, okay, here's my goal, this marketing goal, or whatever it might be. Um, I need you to hold me accountable to that. I need you to help me really ask me, Hey, Lacey, did you do what you said you were going to do on that? Because they, those things fall into that important, but not urgent box. And sometimes they can fall by the wayside if you don't have that, or for me anyway, if you don't have that external accountability. Yeah. So it sounds like it's one part, uh, external accountability and, you know, an, an external deadline that, you know, you've got to, uh, meet, but it's also, you're, you're not cramming, you're not, you're not calendaring your entire day, uh, back to back to back to back with a meeting and then a this and then a that. It's that you're giving yourself, okay, here are the things that need to get done today or slash this week or even this month. And you're, you're parsing it out enough, but not cramming too much in. You're having enough structure, but not overstructuring, I guess, is what I think I, I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, I often will, um, when I'm blocking out time in my calendar to work on things, I will often double what I think it's going to take. And if it doesn't take that long, great. I have some extra time. And if it does, though, I've built that buffer in. So especially for client work, because sometimes the words flow and sometimes they don't. I'm a very fast writer in general. Um, but if I say, well, my, my head says that I can knock out this blog post for this client in an hour, I'll block out two hours because I want to ensure that if the words aren't coming, <laughs> I, I haven't set myself up for failure. So I have basic, I mean, this is getting into the nitty gritty, but I have basically two calendars in my Google calendar. One is for appointments where things like this podcast interview, where I have to show up at a specific time. And the other is for projects where I can see visually, I need this amount of time, but it doesn't actually matter when I do it, as long as it gets done within whatever this week, let's say. So I can move those other blocks around if I need two hours to focus on this or three hours to focus on that without a meeting in the middle. So that's kind of how I manage it. And that also shows me my capacity. So when my calendar fills up for the week, I can't take any more projects. You know, if somebody comes in and says, I need a website tomorrow, I have to say, I'm so sorry. Let me tell you about my friends who might have some (laughs) availability because then I can say very clearly this is my capacity within those 20 hours or 25 hours, whatever it looks like at the end of the week, um, and and not overbook myself. Earlier, you had alluded to some weeks, it's going to be more like 10 hours. Other weeks, it's going to be, you know, maybe it's going to be the more than 20. But really, the goal, maybe say for the month, is that the average was 20 a week, right? Mm-hmm. Because then that way, you know, because because that's more realistic. I mean, if you're going to say 20 a week, oh, no, I can't go past this, but I really have to this week. Well, I guess I'll twiddle my thumbs or scroll Facebook, (laughs) you know. Right. 
And that's that does you're setting yourself up for failure if you do that, I believe. So at least for me, that's how it would be, because there are times when you just have to put more in. Right. If you're on a deadline for a project and it's just you just have to do it. That's true when you're at a job job or when you're a business owner. There's sometimes you just have to do those things. If it happens all the time that you're going over, you need to reassess, right? But if if it's once in a while for a worthy cause, <laughs> then that's not a big deal. The the big deal comes when you are like when you're putting in your whatever it is, 20, 30, 40 hours a week, whatever you decide, but then you're constantly going over that. That's when things need to be reassessed. It's like, am I booking myself too much because I'm not I'm underestimating how thing, how long things will take. Are my processes not good enough? Are, is my team not helpful? Do I need to outsource things? Whatever the answer might be, I think when you're constantly going over whatever your goal is, that's when it's time to reassess. And then uh, a follow-up then would be, uh, you, you were also talking about trying not to uh, overbook yourself in, in any given week. Are you doing any kind of, you know, horizon line looking out, you know, do you look out a week or two or three ahead and say, oh, that, you know, not next week, but two weeks from now, that's already full and kind of doing some juggling there. Yes. And I often have to do that when I'm um, talking to potential clients. So if I'm on a sales call and they're saying, I have a website I need to have written, when can you do that? I have to really look at my schedule and say, yeah, when do I have time to write a full website for somebody. And so sometimes um, it depends on how busy we are, but sometimes I'm booking out two, three, even four weeks, depending. Um, And that was also one of the triggers that helped me bring on people for my team. Because when it got to the point where I was saying no more often than I could say yes, I was like, this is dumb. Bring in some more help. (laughs) Expand your capacity that way. Um, But yeah, I do have to look out in my calendar. And there are some times when I will... If you can imagine my Google calendar, I'll actually make a week long event uh, and say no more calls so that people can't book into that week uh, on my automated calendar system because I I can already see I'm too full and I need that time for projects. Oh, I love I love that like like looking at your calendar and seeing that banner across the way just yeah. saying this <laughs> no week is yes this week is full move on don't um, talk to me <laughs> uh, so speaking of which you're you're working with other people uh, essentially you've got team members now great team members even they require at least a, a minimal amount of managing slash delegating mm-hmm. uh, even if they're super awesome how do you fit that in. Yeah, so that's just part of my admin time. Um, I, I generally have an hour or so blocked out every day that's, I just say admin time. Um, that's like answering emails and whatever else has to happen. And that's usually when I'm checking in with team members. But sometimes you get pulled away. We, we work, um, in a app called same page, which has a chat function like Slack. And so sometimes you get pulled away. Somebody needs something. It's an emergency that just has to happen. Uh, but for the most part, I've gotten very lucky that my team members are extremely um, self-reliant. They are all women who own their own businesses. They're all subcontractors for me. So they sort of understand how this all works. <laughs> and they're very self-driven because they own their own businesses. They have to be. So I've gotten I just sort of lucked out that that's how we built this team. So there's very there's very minimal 
management that takes place. Um, but I do also have to check in with them regularly about their capacity. Because if I'm on the phone selling a new blogging client, I have to know, well, does Terry have space for that? Does Marie have space for that? Who's going to write and who has the time and who's maxed out? Because they they want to have lives too, right? My my whole team happens to be women and happen to be mothers, which is pretty cool because I'm I feel like I'm helping them build what I built for myself. So there's a bit of uh, it. It's funny that your tool is that you're using is is called same page because that's right. what you're using to be on the same page. I mean, it's cl- it's very clever. I know, uh, I love that naming. So, <laughs> uh, and I've actually never even heard of that tool. So I'll have to check that out. But yeah. uh yeah that's very interesting. So uh, obviously there's a camaraderie to it. Uh there's a you know uh, uh I don't know and and there's an empathy, there's a there's a deeper understanding because you're all in that same uh place and yeah. come from uh, at least you all you've all have unique perspectives but you all have the same perspective or a similar perspective when it comes to your businesses. Right, and similar goals and that's been super helpful and and it's you know, on the one side, we're all business owners. And on the other side, we're all moms. And we have kids ranging from, I think, 17 down to four months now. So uh, we're all at different stages of that game. But the one of the things I'm most proud of is the water cooler talk, if you will, in inside our chats, because not only are we saying, hey, how, can I see any example of a webinar page that converted really well for you. We're also saying, hey, my five-month-old won't sleep. What do you guys right. <laughs> suggest? And I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, regardless of how uh, that th- things have gone well, regardless, I mean, have, you've learned lessons along the way. Get- getting <laughs> into current scenario aside, it's it's really gone well and continues to go well. Is there any uh, if somebody's considering stepping into creating their own thing and, you know, building it slowly, is, is there anything, I know I asked you to talk to your personal self, uh, earlier, your old self, uh, but is there anything you would, you would advise to somebody who is interested in following the same path that you have aside from not comparing themselves to you? Yeah, don't do that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I realized that I was incredibly privileged uh, in this journey because I have a partner who has a full-time job and insurance. And that makes the fact that I was growing slowly much more doable, right? So there's, that's a, that's an extreme privilege that I, that I had in this journey. Um, But if, if you are able, you know, don't compare your numbers. Don't overestimate what's possible. I, I talk about this a lot with my clients um, because a lot of them are solo entrepreneurs. And I, I say, you know, we can come up with this plan for content marketing for you. But if you don't have the bandwidth to execute it, it doesn't matter how good the plan is. Right. So I need them to be honest with me about what they can and can't take on. You know, I could say, hey, I need you to write 50 emails and three blog posts a week and post on social media 14 times a day. And man, that'll get you great results. But if they if they don't have the time to do that or the energy or, the, you know, the space, that's not realistic. So be very realistic about what you can and cannot accomplish. And then, you know, we are bombarded as entrepreneurs with shiny objects. Um, so again, I, I'm kind of going to go back to what I tell my clients about marketing, but this is true of business. Always know what your goal is when you take on something new, because when you only have a certain amount of time 
you have to be really sure that it's going to get you the results you want. So you have to be very clear on the results in order to evaluate, is this going to work, right? So this is something we do with marketing, but it's true of anything. If, you, if you're going into your business and you're saying, oh, I want to build a course, let's say, ask yourself, is that actually going to get me to my goals? Or am I just doing that because that's what I see everybody else doing? Um, or I want to start a podcast. Awesome. Great. Love podcasts. How is that going to help you reach your goals? Or is it just going to take up more time and energy than you have to spend right now? So you just have to get very honest, I think, with are these tactics going to move me toward my goals or not? There's lots of things I could have done as I was growing my business that I had to say no thank you to because I had to focus on the things that were going to get me where I wanted to go with the least amount of time and energy. Being lean, being agile, and being very mm-hmm. intentional about what you chose to do or not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lacey, it's been awesome talking with you, and I would love for you to direct people towards where they can find out more about your business and yourself and uh, follow your continued journey. Yeah, sure. So I'm at LaceyBoggs.com. That's the best place to uh, follow me. I blog regularly and there's lots of resources on there. And uh, on social media, I'm mostly on Facebook. So you can find me on there as well. Awesome. Well, Lacey, thank you so much. And it was great talking with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Lacey Boggs. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to do me the favor of sharing it with someone you know by clicking that share button in whatever podcast player app of choice you're listening to this in or heading over to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com and hitting the share button there and or leaving a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the other places you leave reviews for your favorite shows. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.